Well, welcome, everybody, to the Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life. Thank you for uh, coming on and listening. Really appreciate it. Racetech.com. You can use code PulpMX17 to uh, to save when you're using Racetech for uh, suspension and, and motor needs. And thanks to those guys at Racetech. They've been around since 1984, and since then, they've been an innovator in motorcycle suspension technology. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Racetech specializes in high-performance suspension parts, service, and setups. Discover why more top privateers, including this man on the line, have used and trust Racetech. And uh, again, mention the code to get your oil changed, get a revalve, get the right springs for your bike. You got a vintage bike, get that done. Um, lots of things going on at Racetech. And uh, this is number 27 in the series of Racetech Suspension Privateer Island Life. Man on the line, Kyle Chisholm. What's up, Chiz? How are you, man? Uh, doing good. Just living life and, and doing my thing, riding, training, being a dad, and yeah, about it. Kind of normal. Took a few weeks off uh, the last few weeks and just got back riding like a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little break and back at it again, though. So, um, same thing. Yeah, that's good. Um, you, we, before we hit record, you said that uh, you had some painters over painting your house, and, and if I know yeah. you, there's no way you're paying for this painting service, or, or there's no way you're doing uh, this voluntarily. I had to pay it, but not voluntarily, but my stupid HOA, like where I live in a gated neighborhood in, uh, in Florida, and our houses were built like in 06, I think. Uh-huh. So they're like, I don't know, 11, 12 years old. And uh, the Florida sun, I'm sure it's probably bad by you too, but the sun obviously, you know, is not very, yeah. pretty hard on, on everything. And, uh, yeah, they they sent pretty much everybody in the neighborhood. If you hadn't painted your house since they were built, you pretty much have like a year to paint them. So I got mine like six months ago. So I'm like, ah, I'm gonna be be busy in another six months from now. So I'm like, need to get it done. And yeah. I was gonna just do it myself because I'm like not paying somebody. No, no. My house. no, 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 no. But um, I have my house is mainly one story, but I have like an upstairs, like it's just like a bonus room and a bathroom. Mm-hmm. So. The one side of my house is tall. Like you'd have to have a really big ladder to to get up there yep. to paint that side of it. And I'm like, if I didn't have that, I for sure would have done it myself. But man, it was like I found somebody to do it for like 2,500 bucks, and the paint alone was going to be like over a thousand bucks. And I'm like, to prep it, pressure wash it, do all this stuff for like you know 1,500 bucks, I'd rather save myself than yeah. I'd rather pay somebody 1,500 bucks than be out there doing it. It's still hot at home right now too, so I'm like, oh, I got I got to bite the bullet and do it. Wait till I tell Wygan you're paying to get your house no, painted. It's not going to be good. I'm, I'm not happy about it. I'm I'm losing right there for sure. Um, but, all right, so um, you're back at it. You're racing, but no Monster Cup. I saw you on the entry list. Uh, you're not going to race yeah. the Monster Cup. Uh, how come? Yeah, so I plan on doing it. I mean, I've done it. I think I've raced Monster Cup every year they've had it since the very first year. Um, I even did it back in the U.S. Open days at MGM. But, um, yeah, I just I – re- I like that race. Vegas Supercross is always, like, one of my – I always do really good there. I don't know why, whatever. I actually like the dirt there, and I usually do well at the Supercross. I've done good at Monster Cup in the past. and um, So it's a, it, that's a fun race. I like the format, the three races. For me, it usually – kind of suits me because I might not like win, win one race and crash out the next, but yeah. I'll get, yep. you know, maybe a 10th in every race and, you know, get a good overall, you know, stuff like that. So the format kind of suits me. I like it. I like going to Vegas, all that stuff. Um, 
it just I'm I would be doing it on my own. Yeah, I don't have a deal lined up yet for next year. So and I have a bike sitting at my house in California, ready to go with race tech suspension on it. <laughs> it's it's the bike I rode in, mm-hmm. in Supercross on the East Coast uh, on the 450. Yep. So it's ready to go. But dude, I just like I, you look at the payout, and and this is a better payout for the most part yep. than a normal Supercross. But if you really look at the, if you look at the payout, it's better if you're like say top. I want to say it's like top 11. It's better than a normal Supercross. After that, it's actually worse than a normal Supercross. I want to say like. If you get 20th place overall, and you make the main get 20th, it's like 1,400 bucks. At a normal Supercross, you get like 1,400 bucks for not even making the main. Yeah. If you get like eighth in the LCQ. Yeah. So, but then the flip side of that is, if you get like, I want to say if you get like 10th, it's like five grand. So that's more than like a normal Supercross. If you get 10th, you get like, you know, maybe 3,500 bucks. Right. So it's better if you're in the top 10, basically, but it's actually worse the same or worse if you're out of the top 10 and for starters i haven't really i took a few weeks off i had a long summer racing which i'm sure we'll get into but i did have many weeks off all all year so took a few weeks off i've only been back on the bike a couple of weeks now mm-hmm. um i haven't rode any supercross so there's that i don't really feel as prepared as i would want to be to go there which then makes it less likely for me to get a top 10 which is yep. what i would want to do yep which would make me more money so if I don't get top 10 because I haven't been riding, let's say I get, you know, 14th and I make, you know, 1800 bucks, it's going to cost me, you know, at least a thousand, twelve hundred bucks to fly out, drive over, get a hotel, drive back, you know, all that stuff. I'll pay a mechanic to help me or whatever I got to do. You know, it's, I'm going to go out there to maybe make 500 bucks or a thousand bucks. So yep. it makes it tough. You know, I, I really like that race. And for me, of all people, I'm always like, I spent my own my own money to race the last two outdoors and the GP, you know, at Jacksonville. And uh, I always like racing, but I'm like, man, I've had a little time off. Um, only been back a couple of weeks, and like I said, the pay's not that great unless you get top ten. And so just that kind of combination of things. Um, so yeah, I was on the entry list because I originally planned on doing it, you know, a month or so ago. But um, yeah, the, the other kind of factor that I kind of factored in is. Unfortunately, it's the same weekend, but there's a race at WW where the GP was uh-huh. this weekend. It's just a big money race. And uh, it's like a $20,000 purse. Um, I think I'm going to ride my brother's practice 250 just so I can ride both classes. And I have my own 450. So it's like $1,500 a moto to win. So potentially six grand I could make, you know, a couple hours from yeah. home. Um, so I'm like, spend over 1000 bucks to maybe you know, to do all the work, to go out there and to do everything, to maybe make a couple thousand bucks or drive a couple hours to Jacksonville on Sunday and maybe make six grand, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, uh, and it's an outdoor race. Yeah, no, it makes, makes, makes perfect sense. I, I wrote yeah. about the Monster Cup on Racer X today or yesterday, and yeah. uh, it's the same purse as it was 19 years ago. It's the yeah. same purse as Eric Bernard started the U.S. Open in 1998. Yeah. It. The, Listen, guys, uh, yeah. you, you've got 19 years of the same purse. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, come on. Let's, 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 let's be serious here. You've doubled the size of your stadium. Ticket prices yeah. have gone up. Sponsorship's gone up. Yeah. I mean, and that race is always sold out that I remember. Yeah. I mean, it's always full. Uh, Not that that stadium's huge, but it's always full. There's a lot of people there. Yep. And like you said, it's bigger than the old one. But, yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I feel like the purse, 
for the top ten, that's and again, I, I love you mean, the guys. That hey, you mean the guys that do, the guys that don't need it, the top ten, the guys that don't need it, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, but anyways, and again, so just so people know, like I love the guys that fell, like Dave Prater and Gendra, all the all the guys, like all the the girls that work, like everyone at Felt is awesome. They always treat me good, whatever. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword, whatever you want to call it. But I love those guys. They put on the, the events are great. I love racing Supercross. It's good for the. I think it's good for the sport for fans, you know, and sponsors and stuff like that. But it's like I feel like the top ten for Monster Cup. That's like what the payout should be every week for a for a Supercross. Oh yeah. And then the top and then eleven through twenty two is worse at Monster Cup, kind of per, you know, for the most yeah, part, yep. than a normal Supercross. Yep. So, like, that would need to get fixed. But, like, to get, I, like, at Monster Cup, I got, I think, eighth place back a few years ago, like three or four years ago. And uh, I think for eighth, I got, like, dude, I got, like, six or seven grand. And yep. I'm like, that's, again, in the grand scheme of things, it's still not a lot compared to other sports no, or whatever. But, it's, but yeah. to get eighth place and get six or seven grand... If you get eighth place on a normal Supercross, you make like thirty five hundred bucks, I think, something like that. It's not that much. Yeah. So like, that's what. It, and then the win is what? It's a hundred grand. If you don't get the million, it's a hundred. Well, that's what it should be every week. Where I think now, if you win the four fifty class, it's like twelve grand or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's twelve. Yeah, I think it's twelve. Twelve yeah, five like or 12, something. Yeah, twelve five. Yep. Like that. Yep. So like, it should be a hundred grand. Why can they do that for that one race? But we sell out stadiums or fill stadiums for the most part every weekend just like we do there so why don't they have that payout every week you know what i mean so um yeah it it's tough so it makes it like i said for me if you look at you know not everybody even races monster cup but still go down the entry list there's going to be at least 10 really good guys 10 factory guys yeah so for me to get top 10 i've got to put in three good consistent motos and to do that i've got to be prepared been, been riding supercross so like i said with me I took like three weeks off of no riding. Mm-hmm. The last two weeks I've been back riding, but just riding outdoors. And uh, so I'm just like, I'm not. Yeah. I don't. I think I could get top ten if I was ready, and if I was riding for a team, and just got to show up to the track every day and ride and be prepared. I think I could be. I have a chance at a top ten. Yeah. Yeah. Where no, I, like, I would agree. Yeah. I I still think I could go show up and, and get top fifteen. You know, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, right. sixteen, somewhere there. Yep. But if I do that, first of all, nobody cares. Second of all, <laughs> okay, you can say you're top 15, that's good, but... No, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't it, help yeah. you. Yeah, no. It, yeah, if there's 14 factory guys and then I get 15, but then after me is, and again, I just use, I'm friends with him, but let's say 16th is Alex Ray and then Keith Harrison and who, you know, whoever it is, after me, nobody's going to care. It's like, oh, that was the first one factory guy, but nobody cares. Yeah, no, so, no, I know. Now, if there's 14 factory guys and I get eighth, then maybe guys would be like, oh, yeah, he did yeah. pretty good. Yeah. He was up there well, battling. But, you know, it's, it is what it is. So it goes into – it goes into – uh, yeah, no I don't make money. It goes into um, – what we were talking about a little bit at Jacksonville too. You weren't stoked with your performance at the USGP. You were on a yep. practice bike. You had some problems, and you said, "I don't know. I wasn't going to show." And I decided to come out, and I just wasn't ready. And, and we, you know, we talked about that at the race. And, and you know, it sounds like you're making the same choice for Monster Cup, or I mean, a different choice for Monster Cup. You're not ready. Let's just give yep. yourself every chance you can to be successful, and 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 not riding supercars and not being ready isn't, uh, yep. not, you know. So I, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, so I, mean, I feel like, like I just said, unless I go out there and beat a bunch of factory guys and yeah. beat guys that already have rides, if I just finish, if I'm the first one behind them, which I think I very well could be, then it still doesn't do, it doesn't do me any good. And then not only that, like I said, if I got 14th or 13th or 12th or whatever, I'm going out there to like to make a thousand bucks. I can go a couple hours from my house and make that in 20 minutes in a moto. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. Um, and also, like, just to clarify, I guess if, you know whatever people get their own impression. Like, I'm ready. Like, I've been. I literally took. I don't even took. I. I don't even think I took a complete three weeks off. But you know, I have a good base built up. I raced all year, 250 West, 450 East. Um, and then all the Canadian outdoors, uh, the two U.S. outdoors, the GP. Like, I raced a ton all summer, only took a few weeks off, just, you know, to kind of, you know, give my body a rest a little bit. But I've been back cycling and going in the gym every week and riding. I just did motos yesterday. And, you know, so, like, I'm ready. But when I say I'm not ready, it's more like, you know, in that Supercross grind, like, you know, guys have been riding Supercross for, you know, two, three weeks now. Um testing, getting ready. I haven't rode Supercross at all. And most of that's not full on Supercross, you know, there's no whoops or anything yeah, like that. No, but you still But it's yeah. still in the stadium. It's that yeah. same atmosphere. That intensity and the feeling of of being on that kind of track. Yep. So like I said, no that I'm not ready. It's not like I'm sitting on my couch eating popcorn and doing nothing and waiting for somebody to call me. Yeah. It's just you know, it's it's a lot of work to put in for me to be ready. Yep. To not go make much money, most likely. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, that's sure. what I'm like you know, I'm going to just do what I'm doing, not overdo all that work and figure out all these things i got to figure out to make it to the race and just keep doing what I'm doing and kind of get something figured out, you know, in the meantime and just do what I can, for, you know, right now. And right. And, uh, and like I said, it's, it sucks. I like racing, but I'm going to race this weekend just at a different place. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah you got to gotta do it. you gotta, you got to make, make that money. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we saw you at MCR uh, in the 250 class and uh, then up in Canada. What do you got yep. going on for 18? Um, what's happening? Anything locked in or anything anything interesting for you? Nothing for, nothing for sure right now. I mean, it's the same crap every year, it yep. seems like, at least yep. for me. I know a lot of other guys do, but the last few years it's been kind of like same thing. You know, it's tough. I mean, just look at the guys that don't have rides. I mean, Justin, Justin Barsha is yeah. racing this gun on his own. Malcolm, James, Barsha, um, Chad. Chad Reed, yep. There's a, there's, a, there's a lot of good guys that, that don't have anything. And uh, it, it's tough, especially in the 450 class. There's just, right now, there's not enough good rides as there are good riders. You know what I mean? There's there's just not a place for everybody to go. And yeah. uh, it makes it tough. So, like, again, even, like, for me, I know it's a little different because some of those guys might want a little bit more than, like, what I would want for the ride. But, like... So, like I said, like, if I went out and killed it at Monster Cup, still, I don't know that guys are going to call me. They're going to be like, oh, well, who's available? Malcolm, Barsha, Chad, you know what I mean? Like, just because I get a top ten at Monster Cup, it's, guys aren't going to be calling me necessarily. You know, not that it ever does. Yeah. Not that it's a bad thing to get a top ten, but you know what I mean. Like, there's so many good guys that it makes it tough to find a job. It's just to find a good job. Yeah. So, um, let alone a paying job. Um, there's not that many of those. There's there's more guys paying for rides now than I remember in my career, at least. You know, to date, there's mm-hmm. there's just not there's not the the jobs that that there used to be. So 
Um, what yeah, about uh, what about going back to MCR for two fifties? Are they are they going to do a two fifty program? Uh, Weimer, you know, Weimer looks yeah. like he's going to be back for Anaheim or Ish, and 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 then yeah. Justin Brayton, of course. Yeah, I know we talked a little bit after Jake had gotten hurt. Obviously, it sucks for him. I'm friends with him too, and um, the guys at MCR were awesome for me this year. Um, as most people know, I wrote for Genova back in 2010 and 11, and then this past year, I've always got along good with him in the team, and uh, he always he always did me did me good. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. was good good owner for me. He's a he's a good person to ride for. Um, so it was awesome doing it again this year, going back and riding for them. But as of now, I've been talking to them for a while, and there are some things in the works to put something together. Um, potentially having two different teams is what they were at one point looking at doing. Um, if they had went that route, I would have, at least I was told, mm-hmm. been on the program. Yep. Um, ended up going with their other plan, which didn't 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 include as many riders. So, uh, yeah, obviously Brayton's back there again. Um, they took Vince back, and then they signed Jake. Um, and like you said, he should be healed up from what I know by, by the time Anaheim is. I, I did talk to Tony um, about that, you know, just kind of yep. let him know, hey, if something happens, you know, not stepping on anyone's toes or whatever, yeah, yeah. but if you, if you need somebody, obviously I'm still available. Um, but as of now, um, they're not planning on doing a 250 program, so I'm told, um, just having the three 450 guys. And uh, so that's, that's going to plan there. I'm talking to a few other 250 teams right now. Like I said, like as far as 450 stuff goes, there's, as far as I know, unless you know something I don't, there's nothing available on, on the on a 450. Like nothing good, anyways. You know, worth worth really doing. Um, a few smaller 250 teams I'm talking to that I think would be mm-hmm. something I would consider. Um, so I'm kind of just waiting on answers. There's like three different ones I'm talking to, so um, just waiting on answers from them. I think they're kind of waiting on answers from sponsors and stuff like that to know what they can do. Right. Um, I might actually come out. I'm gonna come race straight rhythm next weekend. Um, so I'm going to be in California next week. I might actually go ride one of the bikes on one of the teams. Okay. Just to kind of see how it goes, uh, see if it's good, see see if they like me, if I like them. Um, just so once they kind of know what they can do, if it makes sense to do it, to kind of get a head start or whatever since I'm going to be out there. So mm-hmm. um, it's not set in stone, um, but that's kind of the plan uh, as of now. So I might do that. Um, so, yeah, just kind of playing the waiting game on a few of those teams. And, uh, and in the meantime – Kind of planning, you know, a couple of years ago I did my own thing all year. Yep. Um, I had some pretty good help. I didn't really make much money, but it also didn't really cost me any money because I had good help yep. uh, from a few people that helped me quite a bit. And uh, I would kind of consider doing that again for Supercross. Um, as long as I could get at least that same kind of help, yeah. you know, helping me with some bikes and, you know, getting a, some kind of a truck to go to the races and helping me with fuel and paying a mechanic. Just, you know, those essentials yep. uh, to get a little program together like I did a couple of years ago. Um, I, I would consider doing that again. Would you um, uh, Would you ride a Honda? Uh, man, I so just off the top of my head, I think a Honda, a Husky, or a Cali. Okay. Kind of the, I, honestly, I'm not opposed to anything. I'd ride a Yamaha, too. I like yeah. Yamaha when I rode them. Those guys have always been good to me. Um, I think Honda would be the first and easiest choice because I've gotten into the Honda guys the last couple of years. Um, they've helped me out you know, a little bit here and there. I've gotten to know them a little bit. So I would first go to them, um, kind of like what I actually was doing last year before the Monocon thing came up. 
um, which was talking to them about helping me put my own little program together. So I would talk to them. The other plus side with the Honda is that there's a local dealer here in Florida by me that is a Honda and a Husky dealer. And he's, he helped me with one bike this year. Uh-huh. Um, he's already willing to help me with maybe a couple more bikes for this coming year if I need them. So, um, so yeah, I kind of, I kind of have that in the works as like a backup plan. If one of these other, uh, 250 deals don't come through. Right. Um, yeah, and then the Cowie thing, I liked my Cowie when I rode it a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I know the bike's a little bit different. Um, I did pretty good on it all year too. And, uh, the Cowie guys, I, I, I know quite a bit of those guys too. And they were always super good and super helpful to me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think that would be my other good option would be the Honda, the Cowie. Um, but like I said, the Yamaha guys have always been good. I like the Yamaha. Um, so that maybe could be an option. And then the Husky thing, um, the, the Honda dealer that helps me in Florida, he's also a Husky dealer. So, um, that could be an option too, you know, if I wanted to do that too. So, um, that's kind of my backup plan. Like I said, um, is to kind of go that route. If one of the two fifty things don't come through and I think I'm in a better place than I was a couple of years ago when I did that on my own. Um, just cause like when I did it on my own a couple of years ago, like the first of December, I had no idea how I was going to get bikes, parts, a truck, anything <laughs> to go. Where, like as of right now, I think I have bikes pretty much lined up, Whether whatever one of those options it would be. I think bikes will be fine. Um, I have the same people that kind of helped me then, I believe would help me again. Um, so I've already kind of got a jump start because I've done it once before. The, golf, so, the golfer's um, on board? The golfer's on board? I think so. You know, I hate asking. Mm-hmm. I'm good buddies with Ricky Fowler, and right. um, obviously he does well for himself. He's a, a top five golfer in the world. Yeah, you know whatever. So yeah. I'd say he's he all right. Really well yeah. yeah, but but we're I'm super good friends with him. Like we were friends before he ever helped me. You're right there. I got you know gotten to know him the last however many years it's been. Um, super close with his family, his mom and dad, his sister, uh, her husband. Um, they're a really awesome family, and. uh so yeah, I think I hate asking, but he always offers to help, or you know, tells me to let him know if, if I if he can help me at all. So uh, yeah, like I said, I, I'm I hate asking anyone for help, but uh, obviously every little bit helps and, and adds up. So yeah, um, if he would want to, awesome. If not, it wouldn't change anything. Um, I think it's cool that you know, me being able to put his name on my bike or truck, yeah, it, it's cool. It brings some attention, sure, to myself. In the sport, you know, I think it. Uh, yep. When they mention his name on TV, you know, if I'm on TV for a, a semi race or a last chance or, or whatever it is, um, just them being able to say his name kind of, I think it brings some uh, credit to the sport, whatever the word I'm looking for. Yeah, I think so. Um, I agree. You know, some, some other people that might just be tuning in that, like, maybe they're a golf fan and they watch golf and they're flipping through the channels. And they're, oh, I'm going to watch this for a minute, and I hear his name. You know, maybe it kind of draws them in a little bit more, too. And then for him, I guess, looking at it from all angles, I think it's cool for him. He's in a position where he's able to help, um, and he's a fan of the sport. He kind of grew up around it. He lived, he grew up living in Southern California, um, like where his family still does. So right. he's kind of involved in the sport a little bit anyway. So I think for him it's a way to kind of be a little bit more involved than – you know, it gives him a reason to be involved in a sport that he likes. Um, and like I said, I'm more friends. So, um, yeah, no, hopefully, hopefully he would want to. So, you know, we'll, we'll see though. Um, 
Hey, so beginning of the year, yourself and Filthy Phil, longtime 450 dudes, dropped down to 250 Supercross class, and we yeah. all debated it and talked about it and, and wondered how you guys would do. And a lot of guys, you know, they, they especially when you're older like you are, you lose the the uh, you lose the ability to lose your mind. Let's put it that way out there because that's yeah. what some of those kids are like. Um, yeah. What did you think of dropping down? How was it? What was the biggest adjustment? Um, and, and what do you need to be better at um, in that class? We'll, we'll uh, talk about that. Yeah, like to be honest, I have told, I think I've told you this before too, and a lot of other people. I really enjoyed riding the 250 this year. Um, it was kind of like I wouldn't say like a a restart of my career, but it was like a it just felt like a fresh new beginning, you know, in a way. You know what I mean? So. Um, that was fun, uh, just in itself. Um, getting back on low bike and then just riding the bike. It it's more work in some areas, but it's a lot less work in some areas too. Um, obviously, you got to work a little bit more to, you know, get through a corner quick to clear a jump out of a corner, or, you know, stuff like that. But then, like in the woofs and in the jumps, like it literally felt like I was riding a pit bike. You know, the four fifty, <laughs> especially in Supercross. It's so heavy, like to get to get a four fifty to change direction quickly is really tough. Um, I think the average even people that ride or people that just watch, like when you're on a motocross track, you're on a, if you're on a four fifty, like they're usually big and fast and like yeah, there might be a tight corner or this and that and you feel the weight of the bike compared to a two fifty. But in supercross, like you gotta be able to like cut down in corners and you gotta maneuver yeah. the bike around a lot quicker and yep. and on jumps, like sometimes you got to kind of lift the bike, and if it's a steep downside, you got to like almost like riding BMX. And I've uh-huh. never really rode BMX that much, other than just for fun. Like you got to like you know watch guys that ride BMX. They, the bike, the bicycle is obviously very light, so they can kind of like kind of hold the bike and then push it down and backside a landing like really you know really precisely. So you kind of have that same idea, you know, in Supercross and. To do that with a 450, just the weight and the inertia of the bike is way harder than, like, doing that on a 250. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's just some weird things like that that um, that weren't adjusted. But that's, like, the things that, that were easier to ride, like less energy. Um, it was more energy in a way because you had to be more intense on the gas more and, like, you had to work more to, you know, pull up and clear jumps and preload and seat bounce and this and that. But then at the same time, when you go to do a seat bounce, right, a 450 is literally, like, ripping your arms out. Like, you're going to loop out if you're not careful. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, It's got so much power. You've got to grip with your legs and your arms so tight when you seat bounce something out of a corner because it's got so much power. Or a 250, I'm, like, whipping it like a horse. Like, come on, giddy up, let's go. Like, mm-hmm. I, need more, I need more power to clear this jump. So it's more work but less work because it's not as heavy. Yeah, yeah. It's not ripping your arms out everywhere. Um, so like I said, I don't know that it was really enjoyable because it really is enjoyable. Cause like I said, it is more work in a way, <laughs> yeah. but it was enjoyable because it was just different. It was new again. You know what I mean? It's yeah, been, yeah, yeah. It was almost a decade since I've rode one, right. uh, nine years. So it, it was honestly just fun. It's kind of like a breath of fresh air. Um, I really enjoyed it. So I would say though, the, the biggest adjustment to me just in general, at first, riding the bike, like, getting used to the power, like, in a rhythm section, when, you you know, you kind of do, like, the, like, that, yep. 
I kind of know I can look at a jump, and I know what a 450 feels like. Yeah. I'm like, the, just the throttle control of how much gas to give it, when to give it, you know, in the pocket of the jump, you know, stuff like that. Like, you just kind of know how much to give it. Where, like, the first couple months, I would, like, go to a new track, and it's like, man, like, I don't know how much gas to give it in between the jumps to clear that. You know, like, what gear am I, should I be in? Should I rev it more, lug it more? Just There was so much to riding the bike and how to do it in the best, most efficient way to get to do what I needed to do. It was just learning that. Um, the other thing was racing with a lot of the younger kids. Um, a lot of the kids, like if I got a bad start, yeah. and even if I got a good start, I didn't know, like, I didn't know what they were going to do. In the 450 class, even in the heat races, like, a lot of those guys I've raced for a number of years. So I kind of know, like, oh, I got, you know, Barsha coming up on me. I know he's going to maybe be a little more aggressive when he passes me. Yep. So make sure to be ready or don't leave the door open. Yep. Or there's that. If I have Tickle coming up on me, obviously we're pretty good buddies. Yeah. I know he's not going to. He's not going to, like, make it easy on me, but he's not going to go out of his way to bump me. You know what I mean? I can kind of lean in a little bit more, this or that. Like, he's not going to cross-jump me. If I'm behind somebody, I know that, you know, I know Alex Ray is going to get through the whoops pretty well. Maybe I could pass him there, but, like, <laughs> he's not going to wad himself up in the whoops every other lap. You know what I mean? Like He's, uh, he's, like, he's going to send it. He's going to send it for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I kind of know what to expect. Where the 250 class, there's this dude with a three-digit number that I don't even – I don't know what his face even looks like. Right. And I'm behind him, and I'm like, dude, like, should I just take a different line? He's in my good line. Should I take a different line? Should I follow him? Is he going to make it three wheels turn <laughs> and wad himself up? Right, right, like, I right. I don't know what – is this guy going to, like – is he going to jump this jump out of the corner? Is he not? Like, just just the tendencies of – you know, everybody yeah, rides. No, you know what? It's funny. It's funny you say that. It totally it, makes sense. Uh, it, on on a, on a, it totally makes sense, but it's something that I don't think about a lot out there. I don't yeah. think about that as being a factor in racing, but it, yeah. it is. It is. And may, and maybe that's my own fault, my own personality. To, I I would say I probably think too much when I'm riding and probably use my head too much. Like you said, the two fifty guys that yeah. say I don't give a fuck. I'm just pinning it. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Um, I probably think too much when I'm riding. Um, you know, whatever, but. Those are things I'm like, I, I, I feel like there's like almost like a trust when I'm riding with guys in the 450 class, where not that I don't trust some guys in the 250 class, I just don't know what they're gonna do. You know what I mean? So it's like, is this guy gonna? I just passed this guy. It's the first lap of the heat race, right? He knows I'm probably gonna beat him. So like in the 450 class, sometimes guys will be like, ah, oh, it's okay. Like I'm gonna just follow this guy for a couple laps or whatever. Or like the 250 class. Some guys will be like, very next corner. They don't care what's coming out of that corner. There might be a set of whoops or a triple. They're going to cut inside as far as they can and do everything they can to pass me back. And they're going to do it. And then five other guys are going to pass both of us because they made both of us roll the triple. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of things that, like, was a little bit of an adjustment. Um, On top of, like I was saying, like, just the bike in general and the weight of it and the power of it. Um, The other thing that was really weird to me it made it a lot less work but was i think i, I don't think i ever had to do an lcq uh-huh. um and obviously they do the, the top nine instead of the heat race and the semi and all that stuff so i 
I made it out of every heat race, I believe, so I never had to do an LCQ. So, like, first of all, the 250s go first, you know, before the 450s. Yeah, yeah. So you're riding a pretty smooth track for the most part. Like, it's fresh. Sometimes it's a little bit muddy. You can't tell if it's going to be slick or not because they kind of groom it and water it, and we're the first ones on the track. Um, the whoops are fresh. There's no lines in the corners. Just all of that kind of stuff, right? So that was just weird to me because in the 450, even if you're in the first heat race, you're the third race on the track. So, like, most of the lines already kind of worked in. There's some ruts out there. You can get a read on the dirt because people have already ridden on it. It's not completely flat. You know, you rip a whole shot on 250 in the first heat. You have no idea if it's going to be – if the dirt's going to break away, if it's hard packed. It's hard to really tell, you know, at first until everything kind of works in. And uh, so that was really weird to me. The other thing was riding, doing your heat race. You know, you go before the 450s. So I do my heat race. I'd stay up there and watch the 450 heat race, you know, right after me. And then there's a break, and then the semis go, and then the 250 LCQ, then the, the ATM 50s go, then the 450 LCQ, and then we race. Yep. So it was like, dude, you do, you go do like a, a six-minute race, and then I literally sit there for like two hours before the main event. So it was weird not racing a lot because like on a 450, most of the time I always had to at least go to the semi. So I'm up there watching the 250s. I race my heat race, go back, get a drink, put gas in the bike, go down. I race the semi, hopefully make it out. If not, you stay down there. You race the LCQ. Yep. Then go back, gas up, and you got to get back down there pretty quick to do the main event. So it's like you're going all night long at a 450. And then 250, it was like go race like six laps and then wait two hours and go race 15 laps. Yeah, yeah. So you know, yeah, that, yeah. That way less yeah. riding. Yeah, because, and, I mean, not to, not to, um, you know, don't get mad at me, but you didn't you ever make it out of the heat reel in 450 class? So I, I have, yeah. I mean, you have, you have, but I mean, yeah, but, yeah. but I mean, recently. So, you know, that's yeah. just like a, that's just a warm up. That's just a 10 minute, nine minute warm up yeah. thing. And then, uh, yeah. and then you're, you're yeah. ready, you know? So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Like you, so that, like, that was an adjustment for me, like not racing as much. Like obviously at the 450, when you have to do the heat semi and the LCQ, you're pretty, I, I, like I train pretty hard and yeah. kind of pride myself on being in good shape and being able to do 20 good laps and, you know, whatever, like in the 450 class. But when you have to do all those races, you don't get much recovery time, and it's a lot of riding. So the flip side of that, doing the 250 thing, it was hard for me to stay warm all night. You know what I mean? Like, not literally warm, but you know what I mean? Like, to stay, like, in the yeah. zone yeah. because you have that big break after practice, and then we're the first ones to go. I always struggled, even on the 450 in the heat race, to, I guess, ride my best because you're kind of cold. You know, you do your warm-up before the, you know, on the bicycle or whatever you do, stretch and stuff like that. But I mean, like, ride a few laps and then kind of get in the groove and, like, then put in your best laps. So, like, I always struggled in the heat race because you have that long break after practice. Then you're kind of, you're not in the, you're yep. not in the groove. Yeah, yeah. You know, you wait a long time, you go out and race. Um, maybe get a little arm pump because, you know, you're, you know, you've been just practicing all day, then you've got to go out and sprint for six laps or six minutes. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I kind of struggled even on the 250 this year um, with that. But then, like, in the 450 class, you kind of have, you have the semi or the LCQ to kind of, like, get in more track time yeah, and kind of yeah. get 
some good laps until you're ready for the main. Or the 250, I was always kind of like a little tight in the heat race. And then you saw that long break. So I like just waiting, waiting, waiting. And then you go out and do the main event. Mm-hmm. So like kind of almost the same for the main event. So I struggled with that a little bit too. Um, but I got better as the year went. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just, just an adjustment. You know, just you're, um, you're at the, when we talked about this at the beginning of the show, I mean, you're a veteran of the sport. You've made a lot of money. Some years you've made a lot of money at the sport. You've put in some really great results. And, and we talked about this at the beginning. There's the money in 250 Supercross is garbage. It's garbage. Yeah. Um, yeah. How how bad is it for you to get used to that? And does it matter that much? I mean, is that coming to play it, at all? I mean, it does. I I look at everything as a whole. Like like so. Like we talked about at the beginning a little bit. Like I'm talking to three different 250 teams right now. Yeah. Well, if I'm gonna end up, I don't know what the deals are gonna be. But if if one of them is gonna be, well, you can ride for us for free. And you can't do your own gear stuff. Mm-hmm. We'll pay for everything. You know, we'll pay all your expenses. We'll provide you a bike and a mechanic, get you to the races. But we can't pay you anything, and you have to wear our gear. Um, and we have a little bonus program. Yeah. Honestly, that for me, and I've told these teams this too. Like, if that's what the deal is, I honestly, I think I'd be better. Off. I have to like literally sit down in my office and write everything out and calculate it, whatever and see what makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. But, like, I would probably be better off to ride a 450 yeah, for sure. on my own. Yep. Because as long as I could get enough support to where the cost of me going racing isn't really costing me anything, because I'm going to make more money on a 450. Even if you don't make the main event, you Yeah, make, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, get, I tell people yeah, that. I, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's if good. If you get top 10 in the, in the LCQ, you make over $1,000 on a 450. When I got... I think sixth or seventh was my best 250 finish. I was top ten mostly every week without, like, a first-turn crash. or this Oh, cheers. I mean, come so, on. You could ride around with one arm and get top ten in a 450 LCQ. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean on the 250. Oh, 250. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, just to get top ten in the, in the 450 LCQ is over 1000 bucks. I got – and then top ten in the 250 main is, like, dude, I – I got top ten, like I was saying, mostly every week. Yeah. Unless I have like a crash or a first yeah. crash, or stupid. But like, I want to say like a sixth or seventh was my best finish, and I think I got like six hundred bucks, maybe eight <laughs> hundred. No more than eight hundred bucks. Yeah, it's bad. But, like, it's really bad. I just got, you know, almost. I got closer to the top five than I did the top ten. I got six or seventh, and I made eight hundred bucks. I'm watching this dude on a four fifty. That I would laugh in a main event, and he made more money tonight than I did. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Like, yep. So the only, I guess, for me, for I, you know, just I guess to further explain to people. So for me this year on Moto Concept, I got paid top ten bonuses on the two on my two fifty. Yeah. So tenth was really good money. So really good money, meaning like a, a thousand bucks, at least a thousand bucks, and yeah. that went up there, right. the top ten. Without yeah. So so when I got that six or seven. This is why it made more sense than me than me doing my own thing on a 450, which is why I did the deal and why I did what I did. Mm-hmm. Was okay. I only made the six, seven, eight hundred bucks from the track for getting that top ten, right? But then I made, let's say, a thousand bucks from the team for getting the top ten. Then Honda paid us uh, contingency, um, sometimes double contingency for top ten of whatever it is in the book. So there's another thousand or two thousand bucks for getting top ten. So like. When I would get top 10, 
I'm making the track money, the team bonus, the yep. Honda contingency bonus. Um, so I can go pretty easily get a top 10 on a 250 in Supercross. It's barely any work, like we just said. It's six minutes in a heat race and then 15 minutes in the main event. Yep. Not that it's, not, not that it's only that. I'm still busting my ass off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not any. But, like, it's the same work as a 450. It's just less racing on the weekend. But I can go make, with, with the deal I had this year for West Coast, I would go make four or five grand a night, you know, as long as I was top 10. So if I wasn't top 10, I got no team bonus and no double Honda contingency. So I would make a few hundred bucks for Honda and seven or eight, and, yeah, you yeah. Know, 500 bucks for track. Yeah, maybe 500, then, right, yeah. Yeah, then I'm making seven or 800 bucks for the weekend, which is less. But like I said, going in, I was pretty confident I should be top 10 every week. So that's why that whole deal made sense for me. Yeah. And I was providing something stupid didn't happen, you know, uh, a mistake or, you know, something like that happening. Yeah. So, okay. so there was a way for me to make good money on it. Um, so it's a little bit of money that I got from the team, salary, whatever you want to call it, um, and then some of the gear money I got to keep, in my helmet and boots and stuff like that. So it made sense for me to do it. Um, but like I was just saying, if I'm going to go ride for a team for free on a 250 with not that good of bonuses, not my own gear money and this and that, it doesn't – again, I'd have to sit down and yeah, really look, yeah, look it up. Yeah. But it might not make sense. Right. You know, because I can go race 17 races and make at least, you know, let's just say 1500 to two grand a weekend, you know, because I should be in the main event most weekends. That's That alone is – and then you get top 20 at the end of the year. That's a bonus from, from Feld or AMA, whatever. Yeah, yeah. At least 10 grand there. I can go make 50, 60 grand, you know, riding a 450 all year. If everything's paid for for me to get to the races – you know, with help from a few sponsors, I just made 50 or 60 grand for five months. You know what I mean? Racing. So that's, that's better than you're going to do on a 250, you know, doing nine races on a 250. So, yeah. But yeah. yeah. That's, no, it's uh it's an interesting look at the behind the scenes of a, of a guy yeah. trying to make it, you know, you, you yeah. yourself at this point, you're, you're trying to make, make money at this. Right. And you, it's yeah, not I a have, career for you. So, um, yeah, I do. I'm 29. I'll be 30 in December. So I'll be 30 racing this coming year. And it's like, I look at guys like Brayton that are, you know, a few years older than me that he's still good. I still feel good riding. Um, I, if I didn't, I wouldn't do it. Like I said, I'm not, I, I've kind of went, I've talked about this with my wife and stuff, you know, and close friends and, and my, you know, my mom and dad and stuff like that. Like the last, let's just say two or three years, I haven't been making like a ton of money, but I make, good money that's like more than i'm going to make at any other job that i yeah, do yeah. Yeah. So, so i'm still in a boat where i can make pretty good money mm-hmm. racing and then but i would say it's not enough money that if i didn't really love doing it not that it would be easy to walk into a job and make really good money but it would be easy to walk away because if i didn't love it it's not that much money to where i could go do something else or work with my dad and his business or whatever, mm-hmm. or get a job in the industry or do riding schools and put on, you know, train a few kids that are up and coming. And, you know, I, I think that that's something I would always like to do in the future. So I'm like, man, it's not that much money. Should I just stop and go, go start pursuing something like that? Like, look at like Will Hahn or somebody like that, that like, look at Swanee, you know, guys like, yeah, I could see myself doing something along those lines. You know, not that I don't know that I would, but so I so I've kind of went back and forth the last couple of years. Like, man, is it time to just do something like that? But then I always go back to 
I love doing what I do, and I, I don't feel like I'm ready to give that up yet. Um, I, I'm still competitive enough. I might not get, you know, back four, four or five years ago, I was maybe almost getting to where I'm getting top five yeah. in the 450 class and top ten every week. Maybe I'm not there, but I'm still top making the main events, top 15. You know, if, if there's some guys hurt, you know, maybe I can get an 11th, 12th, 10th, you know, whatever. I just did a couple of years ago. You know, I got an eighth was my best finish, and I got a bunch of, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th just a couple of years ago doing it on my own. So I, I still, like I said, I weigh all the options. I'm, I still, first of all, I love what I do. Um, I enjoy doing it. So that's first and foremost. And then because I still love what I do, maybe I don't make as much money as I did four or five years ago, but I still make enough money that's worth it, in my opinion, to do it because I love it. If I hated it, maybe it wouldn't be enough money. You know, whatever. I can go hate another job and make the same amount of money. You know, whatever. So I love it. I still make enough money to make it make sense. And so, and as long as I'm competitive, if I'm like, you know, barely making the top 40, I don't think I see myself doing it, no matter how much I love it. Because it's whatever. But as long as I'm in the show making main events, battling with good guys and you know, making a main event on a 450 is there's 20 factory guys. There's 20 yeah, guys. Yeah, in the yeah. So I love it. I can still make pretty good money doing it. So until I, until one of those things goes away, mm-hmm. I just, I, I want to keep doing it, you know, whatever. So, um, that's kind of how I look at every year. Um, and like, I'm, I don't think probably some of the, I, I've listened to a few of them and seen like who you've talked to in some of the other you know, podcasts uh-huh. with privateer stuff. And, like, you, you talk to some guys that have been privateers their whole life. So I'm kind of, I think, different in the sense that, mm-hmm. like most people know, I've written for factory-slash-factory-supported teams. I've done it on my own in a pickup. I've worked back to factory-supported teams, and then I've been back doing it again in, in a motorhome, and then back to satellite teams. I've kind of been a little bit all over the map in my career, you know, a lot due to, like, some injuries and stuff like that. But it is what it is. I've kind of been all over the map. So for me, I don't think I'm your typical, like, no. yeah, man, I'm living in my van. I'm trying to, you know, I'm <laughs> using the same sprocket and chain that's been on my bike for three months now. Yeah. You know, whatever. Like, yeah. I have, you know, good help from good sponsors and people. I've had relationships with a lot of people. I've done this a long time that I'm fortunate um, to have gotten to know and, you know, have relationships with that, that do step up and help me when I don't have it a deal like just this past year you know i was already in the process of that's why i have forced these from the dealer by me and help from honda i was putting my own thing together to go do it on my own again yeah yeah and then this thing came up so like i'm kind of on that that cusp of like maybe getting a good ride or maybe having to do it on my own but when i do it on my own i'm not going in my van sleeping in my van no yeah, if I yeah. Do that, I'm, I'm gonna i'm not gonna be racing yeah no um, I'll, I'll want to race, but I'm not going to do it for that. Hey, you're, like, you're, you're, uh, you're a little bit like me in the media end of things. Like, yeah. at this point, I'm doing it right or I'm not going to the races. I don't share exactly. rooms. I don't, I don't get uh, shuttle hotel shuttles and, and tap. I, yeah. I rent cars. I stay in decent hotels. I fly my airline. Yeah. I don't fly discount airlines. I just, yeah. I'm not, I'm going to do it right or I'm not going to do it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, like, I mean, you've been doing this a lot longer than me as far as, like, pro stuff goes, and obviously just the sport in general, but, like, people don't think about it, but, like, I've been racing all over the country since I was six years old, and obviously when I'm a kid, it's not that you have that much responsibility, obviously, by any means, but, like, since I was a pretty young teenager, 
this has been a job. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, and when you do it that long and travel so much, and then the grind of, like, the pro racing, like I said, as you know, more than I do, it's when you do it every weekend for 30-plus weekends a year and for that many years in a row, it's just that's the, the hardest part, at least in my opinion, I think a lot of people's opinion. Mm-hmm. The hardest part of what we do is the traveling and not being home and just the, the I don't, this isn't probably the right word, but the non-normalcy of life, like what normal people do yeah, yeah. For, for life. You know what I mean? Like yep. we're, when I was racing in Canada this summer, especially at the beginning, the West Coast races, I had to fly out on Fridays. <laughs> so, so, far. so far. So yeah. far, dude. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, a lot of times, even on the East Coast, I would have to fly like Friday night because we'd have to be there on Saturday to sign up. Plus, I'm going to a track I don't know and stuff like that. I want to go look at the track on, on Saturday and look at, you know, check it out and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm going on Friday. I'm there Saturday. Um, racing all day Sunday, flying home Monday. So I'm only home Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Well, when I'm home, at least two of those days, I'm at the track all day riding, maybe testing. Literally from, like, I get up at 8 in the morning, I'm at the track by 9, riding by 9.30 or 10, and I'm not done until middle, late afternoon, go back home, clean my bike, wash it, get it ready, train if I have time to, and then wake up and do it again. And then I leave again, you know, two days later. So that's like, that's the toughest part of what we do. So that's where I'm just like, like, like we just talked about, like, I'm just not, I've, I've done it in my motor home. I've done this. I've done that. I'm just, I, not that I feel like I'm too good to do that again. It's just so much work to get to our level to where, to where you are at whatever you do, like you with the media stuff now and, when you were a mechanic to get yeah. where you're just flying in and yeah, just yeah. Like, oh, whatever, yeah. like you kind of pay your dues and you do it. And then not that you get spoiled doing it, but like to do what we do at the level that we need to perform, you can't do it certain ways. Like it has to be done a certain way to, to do it at the level that you work to do it at. Yeah. I work too hard to just go in my van, not ride all week, you know, sit oh, yeah, up in no, Minneapolis, no. freezing cold all week and just, show up and race on the weekend and you know oh, i'm, I'm going to try to make the main time yeah. if not i'll load my van up and drive to the next race i you know, uh, yeah i i admire how much you grind chiz you're 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 a grinder i admire it you're you're a name in the sport you've had really good rides you've made a lot of money um at, at times you've been you know a yeah. really good rider with great results that people would kill for and you're you haven't had that success that you had earlier, like you talked about injuries and different yeah. things, but I admire like you grind. Like I always go back to a guy. There's plenty of ex pros that are like, I'm not riding cause I don't have a bike. And yeah. you're like, uh, okay. How much did you make last year? You can't go. You yeah. know, you're, you remind me of Nick, Nick way a little bit. And yeah, you guys, yeah. you, you guys are grinders, man. Like yeah. you, yeah. I, and there's so many kids that I just shake my head at an ex pros and, you know, I had a guy one time from Montreal, like a good name guy, Montreal Supercross back in the day, and I said, uh, yeah. "Hey, um, the purse schedule is really good. You could probably finish top three. They're going to pay all your expenses and give you like a thousand bucks." And yeah. this guy had nothing going on. He's like, "No," I'm like, "Okay, yeah. all right, cool," because because this is probably going to be about twenty five hundred bucks cash and no expenses yeah. and for a weekend. 
and, and you get to go to Montreal. And, yeah, and, right. and, and I'm always, I always, like I said, you and Nick definitely get props for, I think for me and from a lot of people, is that you guys are grinders, man, and, and I yeah, like that. I don't remember if, it, if, maybe Nick, maybe I just thought this up in my head, but I could have sworn, and you might not even remember, sometime as I'm talking probably to you, because I, I, wherever I read it, um, it was probably a couple years ago, when, when Nick retired, but then he didn't really retire yeah. and came back. You no, know, I for some reason again, I might be crazy. Maybe I, maybe he didn't say this. I know I've thought this myself, but um, I thought he. I remember him saying something like, "You know, one of the things he's most proud of in, in his career is that he never, never gave up." I don't remember exactly how he said it, but yeah. he never gave up. He always found a way to go do what he wanted to do and do it right. You know what I mean? Like. Like we just said, he's not just sitting on his couch waiting for somebody to call him or, hey, give me a bike or, or I'm not riding or, hey, you can work on my bike for me. You know, I'm not – just have everything handed to me, you know. Just because he had it handed to him at one point yeah. doesn't mean he's still – he's realistic enough to know that, well, I don't have that now, but if I still want to keep doing this, here's what i got to do. And he and he made it happen. And that's kind of – again, I don't – I, I think that's something that he had said. That's something I've always thought. Yeah. That when I kind of, you know, we always get caught up because our schedules are so busy and you're you're kind of living that bubble of what we do. But when you really sit back and think about it, it's like, man, like one thing I'd always thought about myself is, compare, especially when you think of some other guys that, that did the opposite of this, is just that I, when it would be so easy to give up, I always figured out maybe it wasn't the best way it wasn't the most fun way or whatever but um i always found a way to make something work you know mm-hmm. to, yeah, yeah. to get there yeah. to be there to do what i need to do and i feel like more than one time and it is li- literally proof so like any of the younger guys or privateer guys that are just like you know hey you know i've been grinding this out and nothing's happening i'm just going to give up well if you really want to do it and want to make it you can because I've done it multiple times. Like back in '09, going into 2010, I had no ride. Uh, you remember this? My duct tape visor. Yeah. No one would yeah, give me a yeah, helmet. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I found uh, Rock River guys when I first got into the pro side of things. They gave me they gave, they loaned me a bike, and I went out there and put it in the main event. It was getting almost top tens, and I got a ride with Moto Concepts for the year, and I got a permanent number that year. Um, like. And then I had to do it again just a couple years ago in 2015. Um, after 14, um, I had big injuries in 13. I was out pretty much the whole year uh-huh. when I just got around JGR. 14 wasn't my best year, and I went up and raced in Canada. Um, they weren't bad results, but that just wasn't enough to secure me a ride for the next year. So I didn't sit at home and wait for the phone to ring. I, I, somebody gave me bikes and helped me. But it was like yeah, yeah. Months, months of phone calls and stress of finding <laughs> the right help. It wasn't like I had an endless pocketbook like, oh, I'm going to go buy 10 motorcycles and go racing. Yeah. You know, it's not like that. It's literally I had to figure out a way. You know, I had to buy some stuff and pay for some stuff. Some people helped me. But it's like on the phone, writing down ideas, up at night, figuring out a way to make it work. And I did. I got really good results that year. I scored more points than Factory Cowie did. My own team scored more points than Factory Cowie did that year. And, but you know, Supergrass and Motocross combined. Mm-hmm. And I got a ride the next year with Rocky Mountain in 16. I got paid. 
everything was paid for. Yeah. I had a good bike and a good team. I met a really good family. Um, that still helps me sometimes to this day, you know, since uh, over, you know, almost two years ago now. Yeah. Um, so, again, I had to grind it out for a year. I put in good results and put in the work. It was a ton of stress. I feel like it took five years off my life. But <laughs> I did it. I had fun, and I did good. Um, and it, it was enjoyable. As stressful as it was, it was enjoyable. So, again, I did it again and got a ride the next year. Yeah. Um, and then this year, it I had I was hurt most of last year um, with that ride. Unfortunately, I got hurt the second race and hurt my shoulder. Um, so, again, I was kind of back to that same boat going into 17 this year. Um, but the Moto Concepts deal came through. I was already working on putting my own thing together. Um, but the Moto Concept thing came through. Mm-hmm. Then the Canadian thing came through for outdoors. Yeah. And it all kind of worked out. So, um, like I said, for me, I've been kind of all over the map compared to, like, you know, maybe some of the other guys you've had on. Um, to where I've been fortunate enough that something's always worked out, I'd say, the last two or three years. Um, just in the sense of not that I just sat there and stuff fell in my lap, but I worked, I grinded, I, I made something happen. Um, sometimes it wasn't the best, and sometimes it was better than others. Um, so that's kind of, like I said, my, my love for the sport and love what I do and the, the willingness to do the work and the belief in myself that I can still achieve what my goals are mm-hmm. and, and what's acceptable to keep doing the work, what's, you know, what's, how much work is worth it? Like, am I putting all this work in and not even making the mains? Yeah, yeah. Then i got to question right. it, you know what I mean? Like, because that's not my goals. I want to be in the mains battling with guys that I think I should. So, like I said, as long as I, I – I'm going to keep doing it as long as I love doing it and it makes sense to do it. So yeah. um, that's kind of where I stand on the privateer side of things. Of You know, I, I've, I've been both. I've had yeah. really good rides and I've been a privateer. I I, uh, I like it, man. I, like I said, I admire that because um, there's a lot of guys that think things should be handed to them. And if anybody could think that, it might be you because you actually have really results, like real, real results. And you were te- yeah. teammates with James Stewart, and, and and you know, and and some and wrote some factory stuff and and all that. So um, this is the uh, Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast number twenty seven. Kyle Chisholm. Uh, speaking of Race Tech, Chiz, you mentioned it's on your bike um, right now out in California. But you've yep. been you've been cheating with them at the at, at, uh, with another company, um, yeah. and I gave you shit for it. But it, no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm kidding. But um, yeah. how's the race stuff, yeah. stuff been working for you? No, yeah, they're they're awesome. Uh, I have been cheating on them a little bit uh, for the for the outdoor part of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they they were super super good. They've um, yeah. To be honest, I'm trying to remember back like at, so. This is at Monster Cup back in 2013. Um, again, that was the velocity year that that fell through. Then I was riding for JGR, got hurt. I was out the rest of the year. So Monster Cup was my first race back, right? Yep. So I had my own bike. Yamaha let us keep the bikes from, from the velocity team. So Ross from Enzo was who did the team, the velocity guy suspension that year. So that's what was on the bikes, right? So my bike was sitting there ready to go. I got healthy. Monster Cup's the race I'm going to do. So I get all the way out there. Zach Freeberg, um, well, back when he, this was back in 13 when he was still racing. Mm-hmm. He's from Florida. Um, he was driving out there with some help from a guy that was helping him in a Sprinter van. So they loaded my bike up and drove it out there for me. I gave him some money. They drove the bike out there for me. Well, we get there. I go to set the sag on my bike before the first practice. And as we all know, actually back then they did, they did qualifying still, I think, by race. Okay, yep. But anyways, I go out for the first practice, sit on my bike, 
it literally feels like the shock is a pogo stick. And I'm like, <laughs> there's no way I can ride. So I'm like, all right, well, there's nothing I can do. The first, like, it's literally going to start in three minutes if the practice is taking off. So I go out and ride. I go super slow. I just roll all the jumps. Because I literally, I'm going to go straight over the bars if I try to jump something. Because it's literally just a pogo stick. Um, so I just ride, like, three laps just to, like, kind of just look at the track. I come straight back in. We take the shock off, and I don't have any spare suspension. And I'm like, dude, what are we going to do? I don't know. I have no idea what to do. My dad's mechanicing for me. We have no idea what we're going to do. So um, my one of my buddies from Florida is a race tech dealer, uh, Ronnie yeah, Monk. Ronnie Monk. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, he's a 612. He's the, he's the uh, race tech guy um, in Florida. I'll yep. like Dave said. So I've, I've known him my, pretty much my whole life. And uh, he's out there just hanging out. He goes and hangs out with the race tech guys that are there. And uh, he comes over, and he's like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, dude, I don't know some of my shocks, blah, blah, blah. Well, Ross from Enzo, like I said, I'd done my stuff, but he wasn't there. There was nobody that could help me, you know, from them. So, Ronnie, we take my shock off. We go over to the race deck. They have their, uh, like, fun mover truck set up there. Yep. They ripped my shock apart. Um, the bladder had, had a hole in it or something. It had gone bad. They put a new bladder in it for me, put it back together. Yeah, race tech, bro. We got it back on my bike, and I raced that night, made the main, got, I don't know, 11th or 12th, whatever I got that night, and, uh, they saved my day that day. You know, that was the first time I ever did anything. Not that they did much for me, but they literally saved my day um, at Monster Cup one year, back in 13. So, little story there, your back story. But, um, yeah, no, it's what they do. They're cool. Uh, right. Yeah, they're, they're a super good guys. They've always been, so since then, they've always been super good to me. They've always offered help uh, to me whenever, you know, offered, you know, hey, the help's there when you want it. Um, so this year with Moto Concepts, they use race tech, so I got to do quite a bit of testing with them. Um, they were super awesome. I was, I was pumped with my bike um, this year, everything that they did. Um, we really didn't have to even test that much. I didn't have much time uh, to do much testing because the deal was so late coming together. But, uh, yeah, they, they were awesome. They got my bike good. I was super happy with it. Um, and then when Outburst came, the Canadian team used Factory Connection. Uh-huh. So I had to use that up there. And then... In the meantime, um, it was tough because we didn't really get to do much testing with the team up there or with Factory Connection. Um, so Matt, uh, a guy, he has his own suspension company. His active ride is his suspension company down here in Florida. He's actually really good friends with Ross uh, from Enzo. Mm-hmm. So I got, I've gotten to know him over the years, um, and he does really good work. And Ross was always super good to me, too. Um, so it, it's tough because Race Deck is, for the most part, the guys that I would work with are in California. Yeah. So when I'm in Florida, which is most of my time, uh, Matt is here from Active Ride. So I've been fortunate enough the last year or two that Active Ride has been, as you know, Matt has been super good in understanding that, like, look, here's the deal. These guys help me and offer help. Yeah. They're really good. I'm happy with it. Yep. But then when I'm here, it makes sense to be with you, too. So. It's kind of a weird deal um, <laughs> until one of them or both of them say, look, I'm not helping you unless you stick with me. Yeah, yeah. I, when I'm in California, I'm, I'm pumped with their product, with Race Decks. I'll put their stickers on my bike, and they help me, and it's awesome. The guys are awesome. And when I'm in Florida and Matt helps me, I run his stickers, and he's super awesome. You know what I mean? Oh, so, good. Um, yeah. It's been kind of weird, but I've been fortunate enough that you know, I'm kind of bi-coastal, you know, in and out of the year, like a lot of guys are. Mm-hmm. So it's been nice to kind of have that 
I guess have that help offered on the table yeah. from two really good uh, companies that that can help me with a big, with an important part of the of the puzzle. You know, racing. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, discover why more top privateers trust Race Tech. Mentioned Pulpamex seventeen is the code. Engines as well, motors and, and uh, suspension as well at Race Tech, and uh, we love those guys and they do a lot for us and we thank them, man. And like I said to people. Don't okay. Maybe you're not Kyle Chisholm, and you don't think you need a special suspension revalve and all that. Get your oil changed, dude. Get the seals done. I mean, come on. So, um, all right, Chiz. Well, hey, thanks. Uh, do you want to discuss yeah. politics for the next hour and a half, or should we just let it go? Let's let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> no, it'll end up just we'll just start scre- we'll just start screaming at each other at some point. So, out. No, that? I, honestly, I know we always like. I feel like people. At least I feel this way. I think you do too. People that, like, don't really know us and kind of our relationship, whatever you call it, probably think we, like, sometimes they'll read, like, our tweets and think that we literally hate each other. And I'm like, I, we're both, like, I guess, like, opinionated about certain things, you know, whatever. And we have our point of view, and I look at it like, here's my point of view, and here's why I think it. Here's why I don't agree with yours and why I think mine is right. But I also respect yours or anyone else's. You know, whatever, too. Yeah. So it, it, it is what it is. It's, it's the free world that we are fortunate enough to live in. You know, our country, I guess I should say, you know, to live in. So, um, no, I, honestly, I I'm, I don't think we get to express it enough in our 140 characters. Yeah, but like, yeah it's tough. I, I literally, I know we haven't really, like, talked politics face-to-face that much. Probably more on Twitter than we actually have face-to-face. <laughs> but I'm really, like... Like when Trump was running for president, not and not now we're going to actually get into it. But I was, I'm literally like I'm a registered Republican, but I really I feel like I fall in the middle of like both parties. You know what I mean? Like I side with a lot of like the Democratic stuff, but then a lot of the Republican stuff too. I would say more of the Republican stuff, which is I see more eye to eye with more of their stuff, but I don't agree with all of it. I don't agree with all the Democratic stuff either, and their side of it. Um, it's just, it's like, I would say like, okay, maybe I'm 65 or 70% agree with Republican mm-hmm. and like 30% Democrat. You know what I mean? Like where I kind of fall in line with, with most of like the issues or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. So I think if, if the Republicans had had just about anybody other than Donald Trump, I would yeah. have said they should be president. Uh, Hillary yeah. was, was not a good option, but the yeah. only thing lower in my mind than, than Hillary Clinton was Donald Trump. So, um, but uh, yeah, see, you know, so. Yeah, I see. So I would, I agree, but just opposite. Like I would say for sure, not Hillary, but, but yeah, but, like, but maybe honestly, Trump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But honestly, if there was a better democratic, uh, person running, yeah, I might've voted for them. Like Bernie Sanders. No, Hillary. No, yeah. but like, I don't know, like Mark Cuban. And I don't, I don't, like I'm a fan of his, I guess, like just from shows and just yeah. him in general. Right. I, I, I think correct me if I'm wrong. He's a Democrat and he doesn't like Trump. But like, if he was going to run for president, I would need to listen to a lot of like I haven't followed him enough to know his view on a, on most of the issue stuff that that would be important to me as a voter. But like, I might vote for him over Trump if because like I said, I don't just like oh whatever Republicans say that's what I believe in. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm not really like that. Um, I'm pretty, I'm also pretty open-minded enough to, like, I at least will listen to anybody else's view 
and any info where they get it from. And then I, I try to make my own decision that of what matters to me personally, what, you know, like, like Hillary Clinton or any Democratic or liberal person can say, hey, blah, 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 this. I'll listen to it, literally yeah. take it, you know, into consideration, but then make my decision on it. Like, okay, I, I respect yeah, your yeah. point of view, but I don't agree with it. It's not yeah. in my belief system, whatever. So therefore, I don't agree. I'm not seeing eye to eye with you. you know, so Ping- well, Pingree was up and, here. Pingree was up here last week, Republican guy. Yeah. And we were talking before the show a little bit. And like I said, look, if you're a Republican, that's cool. But your party is in shambles because of this president yeah. pissing them all off. And yeah. I really got the sense of Ping. Ping is torn. He's like, yeah, he shouldn't tweet these things. He shouldn't say yeah. these things. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. um, but, he, you know, he likes the fact that a Republican, that, tr- that Donald Trump is Republican. But if I think if you are now, he is now splitting just yeah. like he is splitting the people up on this stupid national anthem and football, the one thing, yeah. one thing that people enjoy in this life that 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 crosses party lines is NFL football. But this jackass can't. He has to divide people on this stupid issue. Okay, yeah. so whatever. But now yeah. he's also dividing this own Republican party. And Ping yeah. is yeah. Ping said, "I hope he's doing it because he wants to get these out with the old career politicians yeah. and in That's- with you know." Yeah, but, so, but I don't know. Yeah, I, and I have never talked to Pingree either, like face to face at all. We've had like a few little conversations that you're involved in them a lot of the time too on Twitter, like you know with Ping and you and me and whatever. I, I honestly, again, I've never sat down with like him and talked about yeah. stuff, so I don't know exactly. But most of the stuff that he like on Twitter that he says or talks about, I would say I agree with most of the time. So I feel like me and him are pretty eye to eye on a lot of things. And I, everything you just said that you two talked about, I pretty much agree with. Like, so like with Trump, right? Most of the stuff that he does or whatever, I'm a, like, I agree with. I'm glad he's doing. I'm this, that. Um, I wish, but I will say, even the stuff that I agree with that he does and that I'm happy that he's doing or has done or whatever, I wish he would just go about it differently. Because yeah. if he would just go about it differently, people, A, the people that don't like him, wouldn't have as much ammo to talk about him. But when he does that, it takes away from what he does oh, yeah. do. Yeah. So nobody nobody knows. So he's just hurting himself. And then in turn, hurting the Republican Party. And, this and, and again, I don't even like the parties. I wish we didn't have parties. So, like, this is where I stand with us. I wish there weren't Democrats and there weren't Republicans. I wish uh, uh, candidate A just stood up there and said, hello, my name is so-and-so. I believe in this, 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 and this, and here's what I want to do, period. Uh, Candidate B, hi, my name is so-and-so. Here's what I believe in, and here's what I want to do. Candidate C, like, and then you just pick who you want to be the leader of the country. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So so then what I – just stuff like with Trump. So, like Pingree said, or like what you said that he said, I hope that he's separating the Republicans because a lot of, as much as people might think that CR tweets, or even maybe you think, as much as I'm just like, no, I don't like Democrats. I love Republicans. Like, there's a ton of Republicans that I don't like either. I couldn't even name you one right now off the top of my head, but trust me, there's plenty of Republicans that I don't agree with on stuff either. So that's what I mean. It's not even like a 
to me a party issue. Yeah. It's those Republicans that Washington is just corrupt as far as what for the information that I know and what I believe. And not all of it. No, no, of like course. All yeah, cops no. are yeah. bad. Yeah. You're not all cops are bad. Sure, there are some that are. Oh, of course. There's good yeah. people and bad people. There's more good cops than there are bad cops. There's more good politicians than there are bad ones. But maybe not even. I might have to take that back. Yeah, I don't anyway, know. I don't know. Right. Anyway, you know what I mean? There are bad ones. So I hope he does try to get them out. Whether it was, And that's one thing that I like about him was that, sure, he probably has some of his motives of why he wanted to do what he's doing. But I am glad that Republican or Democrat, I wanted somebody in the White House that's not a politician. Because I know some people might say, yeah, but then they're not going to know what they're doing. No, there's so many people they're surrounded by that are politicians that do know what they're doing. But I want someone that's going to go in there and cut out all the BF, all the tax that we have to pay, all the regulations, all that kind of stuff. That's what I don't agree with. So I'm glad that somebody's in there that wants to make the government smaller and less involved in our lives. And, you know, they still need to set their rules. Yeah. But if you want to go get a permit to build something, like, there's so much, so many hoops you have to jump through. Oh, and for sure. Yeah. Just like Donald, the whole uh, the whole thing with him, like, uh, going, like, doing bankruptcy four times and all that kind of crap. Well, here's the problem. Like, people, you know, in the debates and stuff, and people still talk about it, he went bankrupt however many times. Well, he also has hundreds of businesses that were successful, but you also have to remember he only went – it's not like he literally went bankrupt. Personally, he did a business venture that didn't work out. Somebody might open up a, a dance studio, and they don't make money after three years, and they go bankrupt, and they 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 go bankrupt and close their, their dance studio, you know, whatever. Like, that's essentially, from my knowledge, kind of like what he's done a few times, and he's done it 100% off of what – the previous politicians have allowed to be done. So, like, I, w- I hope he wants to go in there and get rid of things like that so that he can no longer even do it himself. Just like the tax thing, like, he, he admits that he doesn't pay federal income tax. Well, he does it because he's allowed to do it. There's ways that the government has created for big businesses that make a lot of money to get around paying it. So I hope... He good-heartedly goes in there and gets all those loopholes and stuff out so that he himself, he's going to actually hurt himself by doing it, but hopefully make the country better. Like, so I hope that's what he's going to do. That's kind of what's yeah. my hope of what he would do. You know, like looking at the bad things like what he has done, I looked at from another angle of, well, maybe he'll go in and do this because I don't agree with almost anything that Hillary's saying, but I agree with some of what he's saying. You know what I mean? So nobody's going to be perfect, but no, for sure. I don't. That that's kind of. I feel like I'm in the middle a lot on it, and like with him, I wish he would just. I wish his tone and his, um, the way he delivers his message would be different, because all the good things he has done so far, it it just gets covered up, and the media, as you have to admit, is mostly liberal, you know, whatever. So they're for sure not going to cover any of the good stuff he does. Because well, he gives them bad stuff to cover. He so he's gotten so many things wrong. He said he either yeah. lies or he's is dumb in his yeah. things he says in his tweets. They're they're things not factual. Matter. They're not yeah, factual. That don't matter. Right, yeah. right, right. And so and he, you, you know yeah. if you have enemies, 
they're all yeah. they're going to be all over you, just yeah. all over you. Um, yeah. So and some, you know. of, some of the policy that he has done that I that for, again, not everyone's going to agree, but some of the policy that he's written and done, some of the things he's done that I agree with as a voter and as a taxpayer of this country, yeah. that I'm they're they're good, but then. Nobody knows or sees or anything because he has so much other BS yeah, that, that just... he brings upon himself. That if he wouldn't do it, the media would have no choice but to talk about the things that he is doing. But they don't even have to. Yeah. Hey, look, doesn't... my uh, my 401k is up huge. I'm 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 yeah. doing well. Um, yeah. You know, financially, the company or the country seems to be rebounding a little bit now. I'm not going to be a guy that looks inward at my financial wealth and be and and, and I'm just going to be happy because of that. When I look around at yeah. these gun laws, and I look around at healthcare and people yeah. being you know and all that kind of stuff. But 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 yeah, uh, the the Dow is up and and, and stocks are up and, and everything yeah. else. So that that's not yeah. you know yeah. that's that's not uh, something that you can fake. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. and that, that's what I mean. So like a lot of the stuff I do like some of it. Some of it I don't. Um, just like the healthcare thing, like I'm all for repealing Obamacare. It's again, it's different for everybody. For me and like my family, it's hurt us. We pay like literally triple. Like for Brittany, Brittany and Haven are on their own health policy. We pay almost triple what she paid before, and and she can't even go to the doctor she was seeing before she had a baby. Because it, because if we wanted to go see that doctor, we'd be paying like four times or something like, or maybe it's three times of what we of what we paid before. And I can't afford to do that. I can't afford to triple what it is. So we did like a middle one where Haven can still go see her doctor, but Brittany can't even go see the doctor that she's seen for years. And before yeah. she got pregnant, while she was pregnant, she can't go see that doctor anymore because we can't afford to do it. So she's getting worse coverage for more money. So, like, and I don't agree with everything that the Republicans and Donald have come out with as the solution, but they need to do something because nothing is working to me right now. So, like, again, that's like before he became president, we were already paying so much more than that. So, of course, I'm going to vote. That that was a big issue, in my opinion, and I think for a lot of people, which is why a probably a big reason why he did get elected, is him saying he wants to repeal and, and replace it. The problem now is all the other uh, corrupt Republicans and this and that, that won't let anything pass through. You know what I mean? Well, so because like, he doesn't work with them. He gets he pisses them yeah. off. He's not working with yeah. them. And, and, yeah. and you you got to... You got to do that, you know. You have yeah. to do that, and and yeah. he hasn't. He's not going to get his wall done. He's not going to get yeah. his his immigration stuff yeah. passed. He's not getting his yeah. health care passed. Like, dude, but he did, you know. But then he did just. I saw reach out to what Chuck Schumer and whoever the other like Pelosi or whoever the other lady to talk about the health care stuff, right? Then he saying he wants to sit down and talk with them, yeah, separate from the Republicans, right? So, I like. I mean, we're also like all the people that were so against him that say, you know, whatever, that they don't like him. He used to be a Democrat supporter. Like, he was a Democratic person, you know, whatever. So, like, I feel like that's why I kind of, I guess, aligned with him, because a lot of the issues, he wasn't, like, super conservative or super liberal on them. You know what I mean? He was more middle of the line on a lot of things that I agreed with. You know, that that's kind of where I kind of stand, too. So... I don't know. It's yeah. No, it's uh, like, my, my biggest problem with him is like we already talked about the way he's 
his confrontation of everything and the way he's gone about his business, I don't like. The business he's done, for the most part, I do like, but I don't like how he's done it because, like you said, it creates confrontation and separation between people and this yeah, and no, you can't you can, you're, the, you're the president man but you know what i shouldn't expect anything better he he went after obama on social media for for no reasons attacked his credibility yeah. attacked where he was born attacked him for playing golf uh over well, and over you know and over. why he does that he wants attention yeah but he knew he run, no no but i'm saying like okay so he did all that he got attention he got yeah. elected why should i expect this jerky to act any different now why should I? Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, I want yeah. a president to act presidential and try to bring a country together and try to get things done. I, but why would I? Why should I expect it when this was the way that this guy acted? Yeah, his yeah. whole life, you know. But yeah. uh, I, I'm not. I'm not a fan. And, I don't care about the Republicans and 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 Democrats. Uh, I want. Uh, I want stricter gun laws because yeah. the USA has the the by far the worst statistics for mass shootings. I want. Yeah. I want uh, old people and people with uh, low income to get health care. Not illegals, yeah. but they're going. Yeah. But, but unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, illegals will will fall into that. Like there's no other way yeah. around it. Uh, but yeah. but I come from a country in Canada that has illegals also, and I come from yeah. a country that you can go to the hospital and you can get health care and you can get looked after if you don't have any money or or, or you're in a really bad situation. Yeah, see, you know, see that that's something that like I would agree with. Like. Like, like you said, older people or super low-income people, they should have an option where they have health care that's provided to them and blah, 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 whatever. But then I don't want to say rich people, but, like, people like maybe you and me or whatever, I still want to be able to have my same health care plan like Obama promised that you'd be able to keep that you weren't really able to. You know, like stuff like that. I want to be able to get my own private health insurance and go see a doctor, a specialist, and not wait in line, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. not have to go through that process of the government being in control of the doctors I can see and this and that. So, um, I that's where, like I say, I'm kind of middle of the line on a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, old people, vets, really low-income people, they should have government health care. But then it shouldn't be mandatory, and it also... Yeah, but it has to get, that has to get paid. To but somebody has to pay for that, Chiz, and that's me and you. I yeah. know. And that's, we have to pay for so that. that that's where, okay, smaller government, lower taxes, we can afford to do it, or just rearrange the tax laws, all that kind of stuff. There's ways that they can create a budget and stuff to make it work. How about, we take, I mean? how about we take all the money, how about this? Here's an idea. Take all the money from marijuana taxing, which, yeah. which I, I, you know, is now this booming industry, and, and this will never happen, but just have a government go, yeah, all this money is going to health care. All of yeah. it, millions, hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars of taxes yeah. for, 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 for medical marijuana and, and just yeah. free, free use marijuana, you know? So, yeah. Uh, that, that or just a healthcare system where there's government healthcare that, okay, so for example, and again, I'm not the most, I'll admit, I'm not the most educated. I'll, I'll usually talk about something when I know about it. If I don't know enough about something, I'm not somebody that's going to be like, hey, let me talk about this topic but yeah. I really don't know anything about it. Right. I'm going to, like, do my research, that's, educate myself. That, that's me, that's me, that's me in motocross all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I was going to say, like, okay, like, schools, right? People put their kids in private schools, right? They have to pay for it um, however many thousands of dollars a month to send their kids to a private school. But, again, correct me if I'm wrong, I think. I'm, I don't know much the, about schooling. I really don't. I have no okay. kids, so, yeah. 
But when we pay our property taxes and and income taxes and stuff, don't our taxes pay for public schools? Yeah. Uh, poor them go to public schools. Okay. So if I have a kid now, right? Now imagine if you had a kid or just anyone that has a kid. When you pay your taxes, whether it's property or income or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever part of the tax that it gets taken out that pays for public schools. Well, if you have a child and you're paying $5,000 or $10,000 a year to send that kid to a private school, are you exempt from, from the portion of your tax that pays for public school? No, you're not, right? You're still paying for public school because if you want your kid to go to public school, you just enroll them and they go. If you want them to go to private school, you still have to pay your taxes, yeah. the property, whatever that, whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever again, it is. I don't even right. know what, what it comes out of. You still pay for that, but you also pay on top of that for your private schooling, right? So why isn't healthcare the same? A small portion is taken out from whatever tax, just like you said, marijuana, this, that, whatever it wants to be. A small portion is taken out. It pays for low income. Uh, maybe low quality, whatever, you know, maybe not low quality. Yeah, you know, but yeah, I get it. Quality, right, I get it. Yep. Longer wait. You know, maybe anyone can go to a public hospital or, you know, whatever you want to call it, public health care physician, that we can all go, but there's going to be a bunch of people there that cares maybe not as well. But then if you want, you can pay for private health insurance, and there's certain doctors that only have that only take private health insurance, just like a private school that you're getting us to, that if you have enough money, you can pay more and you can go do it. Because here's, po- here's the point. I'm already paying double or triple what I paid for before for good private health care. So what's the difference? I'll keep paying triple, but let me go to the doctor I want to see. And the other people, the, that triple that I'm paying, a portion of that goes to cover the lower income people that go to a different doctor. You know what I mean? There's, there's ways around it. In ways that to make everybody happy, it's everybody's got to work together and, and do it. So, and again, I think a lot of it is the corrupt Republicans, Democrats, government people that make however much money and and don't show up to work half the time. And once they get their job, they get this much money for life and this and that. That should all be cut out, you know, and, and lowered, and you know, less less burden on the taxpayers, you know, stuff like that. So right. In, in, in the Obamacare thing, half the Democratic, the Senate or whatever it is, the people that that are the ones that that are for Obamacare or against the the repeal and the replace of it, they don't even use it themselves or whatever. Like they're not even forced to use it. Yeah, so I know, I know. They force yeah. people to use it, but they don't even want to use it. It's like, uh... why? Yeah, why should you or I have have to use it when they don't have to? Sure, the low income person that had no insurance. That's better than nothing, right, right. but they have the option to not. They they don't even use it because it's not good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, yeah. So I, 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 my, my, I think my whole political philosophy, Chiz. My whole p- political philosophy is is this. Uh, um, I don't. I want control on things that harm people, i.e., guns. I yeah. I want control on people that are greedy, uh, corporate uh, structuring and corporate yeah. taxes and things like that. I don't yeah. care though. I don't care who you marry. I don't care, you know, what you want to yeah. do in your in your house. If, if you want, yeah. if you have land and you want to go ride, I don't care what you do. you can go ride. I don't care. Go yeah. ahead. I don't care yeah. um, if you if you are a woman and you you've accidentally gotten pregnant. Uh, you can do what you want with your body. It's your own body. Uh, I'm all about let live 
and, and make your own choices. If you want to kneel because you're upset at the way uh, black people are treated uh, during the national anthem, cool, right on. Don't make me kneel. You know, and, and I'm not yeah. interested in marrying a, a dude, but I don't care if you marry a dude. And, yeah. and and that's my whole. I, that's what yeah. I boil down to. That's how I am. And, yeah. And, and, and so, like, you know, and for me, just on like the few that you just named, like the 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 corporate greed and all that, like what you talked about. So the problem, at least from my knowledge and what I believe on that is, is that all of the politicians they get so much money from these huge companies. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. To yeah. do what they want to do. So that's never going to change. So that's my hope of somebody like Trump or somebody that's not a politician to go in and fix all that stuff. You know what I mean? So like, or try to, or make it better because I agree those big corporations, you can't create a mom and pop store and run a business and do this and that or grow a business or that because the the big businesses, Walmart, they're going to put you out of business. Amazon, Amazon's going to put Walmart out of business. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how can you or I set up a little convenience store or something, you know, whatever you want to call it, that's Walmart-esque or Target-esque or Amazon-esque, you know what I mean, like something like that. We're never going to compete with those kind of people. So it puts us out of business. Puts us out of business or prevents us from starting a business, which is what you're supposed to do in this country. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I agree on that. The problem is all of the politicians, the, the the corrupt ones, which, like I said before, yeah, a lot of them. Maybe yeah. maybe some are good, some are bad. Probably more bad than good. So I'm hoping that gets fixed by not having a career politician in the office. Um, the other thing, what was the other one that you talked about? Was the the uh, the female the abortion stuff? Like, I I feel like there's certain cases that should be up for it. Like if a girl was raped, held captive and raped by somebody and they found her and what if she didn't want to keep the baby and there's risk for the baby, you know, and they, they kidnap a girl and rape her and, and yeah, yeah, don't yeah, hear yeah. her for five months and the baby's, you know, not going to be a healthy, happy baby that they know, then sure, she should be able to have an abortion. If some girl goes out to the bar on Saturday night and goes home with some dude and gets pregnant and doesn't want to keep the kid and aborts the baby when the baby's, you know, 15 weeks right. old or 20 weeks old, and it's a living thing that that could be taken out of your body and still kept alive and, and grown and lived. That's in my eyes, my in, in my beliefs, that's bur- that's the same as murdering somebody because that thing is a living, breathing, heart beating thing yeah. that just like an animal, you could, or even just like a, a living baby, you like you could have a one year old that literally cannot do anything for themselves. And you could kill it, and it couldn't do. It couldn't defend itself whatsoever. If you don't feed it, it's not going to live. If you leave it alone, it's not going to live. Right. So, in my eyes, that one-year-old that's out of your body is the same as the six-month-old or the six-month developing baby that's in your body, right? So either way, they're helpless. So, in my eyes, that's because we don't need any more people in this world. We're over full already. We're good. We're good. But, like, okay, so contraception. Girls should be able to get that. They should be able to go to yeah. There should be Planned Parenthood. Absolutely. Planned Parenthood Absolutely. Should be able to do abortions. Period. That, that's, like, yeah. where I stand. Right. Like, and, again, it's all about beliefs. Yeah. But, again, there should be a thing. Uh, abortion should exist. It should just be a very small, limited 
Right. Things. Yeah, a, a window of able to do it. Right. Body. Right. Got it. Yeah, they should be. They should yeah. be like welcoming. Like, yeah, come have an abortion. Those people, if they don't want their kids. There's so many people that want to adopt a baby. Do that. That's what should happen. Uh, uh, so, do, you, do you think there? Do you think that there's enough people who want to adopt? Maybe not enough, but right. man, like people need to raise their kids better or something. And well, I know that yeah, that, that's another topic whatever. for sure. Yeah. But that's, they, I guess people should be more educated on uh, sexual protection and whatever, you know what I mean, whatever you want to call it, of to not get pregnant. Like birth control, whatever you want to call it, should be more readily available. Um, education should be more, I don't even know what the current education system is compared to when I was in school of like, of that topic. You know, for guys and girls, um, like so. That's where I stand on the abortion thing. Whatever you, you know, whatever you're talking about. It. Yeah, that's no, really yeah. the only thing there. Um, what was the other one that you even mentioned? I, uh, I, I don't know. Mar- gay marriage, maybe. No, I'm fine with that. I don't. I'm a Christian and go to church as much as I can and yeah. pray every day. And I prayed before I ate my lunch early. You know what I mean? Like right, right, right. I, but, and I don't believe it. I don't believe in it. I think this might sound harsh or whatever, but I think those people have something wrong with them that's out of their control, you know, whatever, like mentally, whatever you want to call it. That's, it's, if you read the Bible, which is just a history book, that same thing happened back then. So it's just, if you read that and believe in it, it's the evil or whatever that's in this world that is present in our world. It's that it happened back when Jesus was on the earth and before he was on the earth. You know, whatever. So, like, but my belief is that two people of the same sex shouldn't be married. But I'm just like you. And if two people want to get married, it's their right. They should be able to. Because I don't think religion is it should be a forced thing. Yeah, no, like, I, I'm with you. Too. I don't have to believe anything. I don't. Uh, I'm not religious. I think religion yeah. is silly. But if you want to be a Christian or a Buddha. Yep. Or whatever, cool. Right yep. on. Right, right on. Yep. Yep. I don't believe that you said two guys or girls should get married. Yeah. But but I, if they want to, they should have the right to do it. But they, but I don't have the right to tell them they can't because re- religion of freedom is one of the founding yeah. things that this country was built on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So no. why why should I be able to praise? or worship my religion or whatever you want to call it um, freely, or you can freely not yeah. worship anything. Yeah. Like, and, but then they're not allowed to do that. So my, so then people might say, well, you're a hypocrite about the abortion thing. Well, no, because in my, at least in my vision or my belief is that the religion is a, is a right. Like you have a right to religion, to be religious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like you have a right to not be. Yeah. I have a right to be. So that shouldn't dictate who gets married and who lives together and loves each other. That shouldn't dictate that because we have a free right to it. Yeah. Okay. Now abortion, a baby doesn't have a right because they can't defend themselves. They don't have a voice just like a one-year-old. Or, or a fetus that's in a, in a woman, they don't have their rights. Yeah. They, they should have a right because they're a living thing, but they're not developed enough to speak. You know what I mean? Like that, So that's why, that's my difference on that. It's not no, being it makes, hypocritical. It, it makes sense. That. No, I think it makes sense. I don't necessarily uh, agree with it, but it does make sense yeah. to me what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but um, all right, well, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
race tech. Go we could, yeah, I mean, race, like, race tech. So people know, like, yeah, we're we're kind of more similar than most people would think. There's things we don't agree on, but it, for the most part, it's shitty government and <laughs> this and that and polit- and politician problems. But, you know what I mean? Like, we agree. Uh, we yeah. agree that race tech is awesome. Thank you. Exactly. We agree on that. <laughs> race tech suspension, uh, Privateer Island podcast number 27 with Kyle Chisholm. Uh, all right, man. Thank you for the time. Thank you uh, for yeah. the talk. Uh, good luck with everything. And I know we'll be texting back and forth, so I don't got to say yeah, it. Let sure. us all know what's I, going on. So, um, Yeah. Are you going to straight rhythm? Uh, I don't know. I don't I don't know. It's up Come in on, the air. Bro. So. Uh, I, I might enter well, it now that I'm back riding. I may, I may enter the two-stroke. Two-stroke class, right? Yeah. Two-stroke. Right. Um, all right, man. Thank all you. Right. Yeah. I'll talk to you soon. Thank Ch- you.